Hi, everybody. My name is Trina Kaneva, and I want to welcome you all to the Daily Reflection Podcast. This uh, reflection talks about being teachable. And if I remain teachable, um, I have a fighting chance. And that is, you know, incorporating all the steps and all and taking all the suggestions from someone who has what I want in this program. So I've continued to do that, which is I believe that the key to my sobriety today. Welcome to the Daily Reflection Podcast. My name is Michael Lynn from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And I'm Lee McGinnis from Leesburg, Virginia. As members of the recovery community, we created this podcast as a way to provide experience, strength, and hope through the lens of the Daily Reflection book. Each day, we interview members of the recovery community in the hope that their experience may provide inspiration. We value inclusion and diversity, and we really want to provide a platform for all the voices of recovery. We aren't affiliated with any 12-step or recovery program, but you may hear these mentioned throughout the course of an interview. Hey, before we get to the show, I'd like to ask a favor. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, it'd be great if you could leave us a comment or a rating. This is going to do a couple of things. It's going to help us expand our reach and improve the show. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Today is November 19th, and we have a guest in the studio. Trina, welcome to the show. It's great to have you on the podcast. Thanks. It's great to be here. Fantastic. So we get the show started uh, by asking the guests to read the Daily Reflection for the day. Trina, would you get us started? I will. This is a Daily Reflection for November 19th. I was slipping fast. We AAs are active folk, enjoying the satisfactions of dealing with the realities of life. So it isn't surprising that we often tend to slight serious meditation and prayer as something not really necessary. That's from the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions, page 96. I had been slipping away from the program for some time, but it took a death threat from a terminal disease to bring me back, particularly to the practice of the 11th step of our Blessed Fellowship. Although I had 15 years of sobriety, I was still very active in the program. I knew that the quality of my sobriety had slipped badly. 18 months later, a checkup revealed a malignant tumor and a prognosis of certain death within six months. Despair settled in when I enrolled in a rehab program, after which I suffered two small strokes, which revealed two large brain tumors. As I kept hitting new bottoms, I had to ask myself, why was this happening to me? God allowed me to recognize my dishonesty and to become teachable again. Miracles began to happen, but primarily I relearned the whole meaning of the 11th step. My physical condition has improved dramatically, but my illness is a minor is minor compared to what I almost lost completely. Great perspective. Thank you for reading that. I'd like to ask what came to mind for you as you as you read that. Well, um, I'll be honest with you. I see someone that has 15 years of sobriety and, you know, kind of puts aside little things in the program that tend to be maybe just a little um, more than what they, you know, like what they want to do. And I have 13 years of sobriety. Uh, my sobriety date is December 14th, 2007. And, uh, you know, when I start reading things like this, I start paying attention. That's kind of one thing I've set aside myself. I'm very, very active. I uh, climb mountains, I rock climb, I ski, I run, I do all these outdoor activities. And uh, this meditation thing means I need to be still in my mind. And my mind's pretty chattery and, and pretty busy. So that's one thing that I used to do in early sobriety, but I have not done lately. And so yeah. this is, I think, the perfect reminder 
because my higher power always seems to put things in front of me uh, as little reminders. And the fact that I get to read this today is that reminder of, you know, what am I missing out on? And the meditation would be that thing. Yeah. I, and I love that it's a step. I mean, it's built right into the program that, um, that not only can save our lives, but can enrich them in so many ways. So 13 years, congratulations on that. And I'm wondering what was happening in 2007 when you decided to make a change and, and get sober. I'll tell you what, Michael, it was not my choice. My disease of alcoholism and addiction took me to the gates of a state prison. And uh, so I, I didn't uh, really have a choice uh, whether I was going to stop or not at that point. And uh, I was sentenced to uh, two and a half years in, in the prison for drugs, uh, drug-related crimes. And, you know, it's funny because just a week before I was sentenced, I, I cried out, God help me. And, you know, I've, I've realized over the years that my asking for help comes in pretty interesting packages. Um, things don't happen to me, they happen for me. And this was one of those things that happened for me. It got me plucked out of society, kind of in a big person's timeout, and it saved my life. And I wouldn't trade that experience uh, for anything because I've been clean, sober, cigarette and drug-free ever since and crime-free. Mm. So, well, that's great perspective right there too. I mean, looking at it as as an opportunity, just just that alone. Was it difficult for you to be separated from drugs and alcohol? Um, you know, I, I have to say it was physically, it wasn't terrible. I used methamphetamines and, and so I just slept a lot in the beginning. There's not really bad withdrawal symptoms, but it was, it was more of a, a relief because I had tried so many times on my own outside the walls of a prison to stop. And I could not, I just couldn't seem to get it. Of course, you know, I wasn't following any directions when, you know, there were suggestions made uh, that just wasn't, you know, what I, what I did. I did never, I never followed directions. I was kind of marching to my own beat and, you know, shockingly you keep doing the same things and you keep getting the same results. So um, I knew, I knew that there was a gift in going to prison. And I'm not sure how I knew that, but somehow I felt inwardly like it was going to save my life. And it was like my last chance. I was, you know, 40 years old and my life was horribly empty. So when I, when I got into uh, prison, I started listening to suggestions and someone suggested that I go to the religious library and start looking at the you know, like daily reflection books, Alcoholics Anonymous books, if I really wanted to do something different. And I, and I started to do that. And I wrote to New York and I got my own big book and it, uh, I still have it today and it's very, you know, written in and, and ready to fall apart. And, but the best part about my, my book is in the very front page, it says, this is approved literature for the Department of Corrections. And it has my name and my, uh, SID number on that. And I don't, that reminds me where I came from. I don't ever want to forget the, the hopelessness and desperation that I felt when I could not put down the drinks and the drugs. You know, I have this life beyond my wildest dreams today because I couldn't dream. I didn't even know how to dream back then. And I just, you know, I, this, this uh, reflection talks about being teachable 
and if I remain teachable, um, I have a fighting chance. And that is, you know, incorporating all the steps and all and taking all the suggestions from someone who has what I want in this program. So mm-hmm. I've continued to do that, which is, I believe, the, the key to, to my sobriety today. Yeah. Were, when you were incarcerated, were you able to, I mean, obviously reading the book is, is a great start, but mm-hmm. were you able to find fellowship inside? You know, we had people who brought Alcoholics Anonymous meetings in, which is where I kind of got my foundation. But there were a couple other people who were roughly my age and really serious about not wanting to ever go back there. And so we kind of built our own fellowship and were really serious about our sobriety. And I still have a relationship with one of those people today, really close. And we just talked about, you know, how much time we put into the the prayer and meditation. We would wake up every morning and and meditate on a daily reflection. And, you know, like we had a lot of time. So, um, you know, we did that. And there was just a peace of mind and and a serenity that was given to us, you know, to be surrounded by razor wire and feel free for the first time in your life is absolutely ironic. But it happened for me. You know, I kept a journal and I read it every year on my anniversary and I felt free for the very first time. But I'm looking out the window and surrounded by razor wire. Now, if that's not a miracle um, from a higher power that loves me, I don't know what is. I'm tempted to to ask if you would take me back before some of the tragic events of, of being incarcerated. You know, I just, I always felt uncomfortable in my own skin, even as a young child. And, you know, the first time I had a drink um, at a neighbor's house, because there was no alcohol in my home, I just remember that ease and comfort of finally feeling like I belonged somewhere. And I'm not trying to get out of my own, my own skin. And, um, you know, it wasn't that I drank regularly from that point on. But when I got into college, the party, the party scene was on for me and someone offered me, you know, methamphetamine. And I realized that I could drink a lot more and that I could not black out and wake up and not know, you know, how I got there, which was appealing to me because I blacked out from pretty early on. It, It just, it just put me in a, in a mindset that I just didn't care that about anything. You know, I was in this place. I didn't care if you didn't like me. I didn't care if I didn't like myself. I didn't have to be afraid anymore because um, I was afraid of everything, you know, fear of, fear of success, fear of failure. And it just dulled that down for me. And then, you know, to be physically addicted to, especially the methamphetamine, somehow I thought it cured my alcoholism because I, I kind of put the drink down for a while. I didn't want to mix the two. But it, it, you know, I became physically addicted. I could not wake up without having that as, as an, you know, natural endorphin. Uh, my dopamine receptors were just shot for years. So, you know, 15 years of dr- daily methamphetamine use, my body was physically addicted and I needed it to function. Unfortunately, I just, I didn't care. I didn't have to have any feelings, neither good nor bad. 
And I, and I kind of liked that, that neutral place to be in. For many of us, we found a solution in substances and alcohol and methamphetamines, and it produced the, the necessary response in our, in our bodies to enable us to deal with the pressures of, of just being. Do you feel like you've found other solutions? I mean, tell me about how you're coping today. I have found plenty of solutions. I was told early on, I have hundreds of options. I just don't have the option of using and drinking today. So if I take those off the shelf and I look at what I do have, I have getting out of myself, doing service with sponsees. I have opening a meeting, doing service work that way. I have found uh, later in life that I am, I love the outdoors and I say yes to anything and everything that's new to me. You know, I've been climbing mountains. I've uh, rock climb. I love to rock climb. It's, it's very meditative to me. I, I ski. I, I do so many outdoor activities that sometimes I just, I don't even sit still on a whole weekend <laughs> off work. Um, but those are things that I realize are healthy activities for me and that get me out into nature. You know, I just say yes to anything that's not taking me backwards. And it's great to have healthy activities. I've, I've found similar solutions in recovery. You know, I spent a lot of time working out, spent a lot of time staying active, but I can, I can even use these types of activities in an unhealthy way. Have you ever thought about the fact that we can use these as avoidance techniques as well? Has that ever crossed your mind or do you think that's an issue? Yes. You know, I'm, I'm very aware that we can substitute one addiction for another, which is, you know, why, well, I work full time and then in the evenings, you know, I, I'd like to get a little workout in as far as healthy, but I'm not obsessed with it. I try and look at like, is this interfering with my life today or, or, or relationships with other people? Am, am I putting rock climbing at the top of my list? You know, is that all I want to do is get to the gym and, and uh, not worry about my partner, whether she needs home, you know, work done at home or help. Am, am I calling in sick to work to go rock climbing? Um, no, those aren't things I do today. And I try and keep my, my buffet large so that I'm doing little things here and there and not <laughs> obsessing about one thing because I can easily go there. You know, it can, it could be all about rock climbing. Cause I've, that's my latest find a couple you know, two and a half years ago. Mm. And I absolutely love it, but I don't let it control my life. And I show up for other things and commitments, but I am keenly aware. And, and I stay that way. And I ask myself pretty regularly because my head, you know, I'm like this little kid that's focused or an addict who's focused on that's what I'd love to do right now. And so balance I've learned over the time, over my sobriety is balance. Yeah, that's healthy. That's, that's awesome. So tell me a little bit about your program today in the daily reflection. We talked about step 11, uh, but tell me what other elements of your program of recovery are really active in your life. Well, Mike, I wake up every morning and say, I can't, you can, I think I'll let you. Um, Cause me running the show. <laughs> well, we all know where that took me. And, you know, I, I'm, I have service today. I get out of myself, you know, since Zoom has started and, and COVID came, I've been attending meetings every day 
And that has just improved my sobriety. I've, I have actually fallen in love with Alcoholics Anonymous all over again. I attend regular meetings in Wexford, Ireland. And so that, you know, their evening is my lunchtime. And I have this wonderful fellowship over there of people I've been talking to daily for, you know, a year and a half. And I feel like I know them so well. Um, And I sponsor actually two people in Ireland. And, you know, they check in with me every day. And we've done the steps over Zoom or over the phone. And, you know, that to me is the highlight of my sobriety because it gets me back in the book, gets me back in the solution. Um, You know, when they struggle with things, um, I learned so much from them as well. And what a gift out of all this, the COVID and, and all these, you know, shutdowns and people secluding themselves, this Zoom, what a gift. You know, and I always, I'm always looking for the pony in the room. I, 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 that's just something I've been taught to do early on was these things might look bad, but what can you find that you can be grateful for? Because there's always something. And I, and I look for that today, you know, and I always find it today. It's about, I have a disease of perception. And as long as I know that there is a gift in every single thing that, that comes into my life. So, you know, I haven't been um, with COVID. I've just looked for the gifts and I've found them, you know, and my life has just been enriched. And I just, you know, I do the step work. If I have a resentment, I, I you know, I, I put it down on paper. You know, my sponsee just had a resentment against me because I was asking her to do some hard stuff. And, and she was able to come to me and say, you know, that really hurt my feelings. And I got to look at, you know, like writing it down and talking to her. And I said, you know, you've shown me what it's like to walk through fear of, of taking care of yourself by bringing up some hard conversations. And I learned, I think more from them, these two people with it less than a year of sobriety, than sometimes I feel like I, I grow over, you know, get out of the program just a little bit and like, Oh yeah, that's right. We have to be grateful for the toothpaste, you know, or just the little things. Cause there's always the little things. There's so many aspects of this program that, leave me in awe. Like it, it's really, truly an amazing way to live. And I'm left thinking how lucky we are to, to be able to have this roadmap and have a, a program for living that works not only, you know, in really tough times, but it, it works in the good times too. So what's, what's good today? What's going on in your life? That's really good. You know, I, people tend to, to go to the material things in their life when you say what's good, you know, um, I didn't get my life back because I didn't have a life to begin with. So I, I have a life today. I have a healthy relationship. You know, I'm getting married this next year and I actually am bringing something to the table that's worth having. I, you know, I, ha- I have my own job. I, uh, I'm self-employed and people trust me in their homes today. They've been handing me their house keys for, you know, over 10 years. I have a cleaning business and and I don't steal from those people. I show up when I say I'm going to show up, you know, I get to be a mom and a grandma today and I don't get do overs, but I get to do what I can today. You know, the fact that I have uh, relationships that are priceless. We talk about the fellowship, you know, I, I truly have friends today and um, that never, 
that was never a part of my life before. I had associates or people that I hung around, but but these are people that will do anything for you. I just truly have a life beyond my wildest dreams. I get to go climb mountains. I I get to do, I get to go to work. I get to pay taxes. You know, that's that's how I've been taught is look at all the things I get to do today. I don't have to do any of them, but I get to. And if I can navigate my life that way with saying what I get to do today, I get to go to the doctor. I get to, I, I smile every time I make my mortgage payment because I lived in a tent for two years back when I was addicted and I own a home today and, and I get to make that mortgage payment. And it, it seems strange to others, but to me, I love paying my mortgage, you know, cause that means I have a home. You know, I get yeah. to clean my, my, I get to clean toilets. That means we have indoor plumbing, <laughs> you know, I get to do the dishes because that means I have food on the table. It's just truly the way I've been taught to look at my life today. Wow. I don't ever want to take anything for granted. That's an attitude of gratitude. Do you feel like you had to go through all of these, you know, the, the negative things that you went through in order to get to this space? I do. I do. Someone just asked me the other day if I could go back, and this is a normie, asked me if I could go back and change a part of my life and, and use the wisdom I have now and take it back. What, what, what would I do different? And I thought about it and I said nothing. I wouldn't change a thing because I believe that I appreciate the light simply because I know such deep darkness. Mm. And it just... I, I do. I wake up with an attitude of gratitude for everything because I know what the you know I know what the the other side looks like because I've been there and I lived in it for so long. Yeah, you wouldn't trade anything. Nope. So knowing this and knowing that mm -hmm. there are people out there struggling today, what advice do you have for for folks like that? Put if you surrender. It's all about surrender. Um, Surrender to the, the life that you can have and, and be teachable. We, have, we can't do this alone. You know, I ask for help all the time and my ego wants to say I can do it on my own, but that's, that's my disease um, trying to seclude me. If, if I can ask for help and then do what's suggested, I realize that the people who truly love me are never going to ask me to do something that will hurt me. and. I just, I suit up, I show up and, and then do what's suggested. You know, why are you asking for help if you're not willing to take the suggestions, you know, the willingness to do the work and to follow through. It's an action program. I can't get better by just saying, oh, you know, how, what should I do? And then you give them information and well, this is what I did and this is what I know works. And then you, they don't do it. You know, of course, nothing's going to change. But if I can uh, say anything, is just be teachable, be willing to be uncomfortable, and and the payoff is just outstanding. Fantastic. Is there anything else you'd like to share with the audience before we wrap? Um, you know, I'm just really a, I'm a great. I understand why people say I'm a grateful alcoholic. I I, I have to do these steps. That's the one thing I have to do. I have to do these steps and this program in order to live. 
And then on the other hand, I get to do this, um, this program. And I think any, everyone could benefit from the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. It just, it helps. It's a design for living. It's my book on how to live and how to clean up my past and how to show up today. So I I am a grateful alcoholic because otherwise I wouldn't be doing these steps at all. You know, it's a simple program. It's a lot of work. Well, Trina, thank you so much for spending time with me. I really appreciate you sharing your story. Thank you, Michael, for having me. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to find us online, you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash Daily Reflection Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Reflector. You can read stories of recovery from our community at blog.dailyreflectionpodcast.com. Please don't forget to give us a rating on your podcast app. We greatly appreciate it. Have a great day.